It's time for the Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. And good Saturday morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Car Doctor Program on AM 950 WROL, the Spirit of Boston. You may be listening on 100.3 FM as well, uh, but you can join us here on the radio by giving us a call at 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, and, uh, you know, we can talk about anything that's on your mind. No guests scheduled for this morning, so you can uh, feel free to call in and talk about uh, again, whatever you have on your mind, question about your car, you can call about that. Uh, do you have a car show coming up? You can talk to us about that. Uh, just about anything. We are going to talk about uh, the car that got me around recently this week, which was a uh, Lexus SUV. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And I did get a note from our friend Peter Ciani from Wheels TV. He was listening to the podcast. He listens on um player fm is a, what he chooses to listen to the podcast on and he heard me talking about the sunny and share mustangs and he said because uh, i said i never actually finished the story about where they went and i and i kind of left it with the idea of uh well they went somewhere i'm not sure where they went and he said in fact they got sold at the barrett jackson auctions so uh that's where they went maybe it was you who bought them well if they if you were uh you know, let us know about that too. But we have um, a lot of news to cover. I was at a New England Motor Press Association meeting this week, learning about the new newest small sporty SUV from Acura, and it had uh, some pretty interesting features in it, including a new touch screen and touch pads. So one of the biggest problems with navigation and infotainment systems is they're very distracting. Uh, I, I was just recently talking with uh, Paul and John Zangari about uh, how distracting some of these systems are in your car. And it's really one of those things that you have to really take your eyes off the road to look at the navigation screen or look at the touch screen to make some changes. And that's where the distraction comes. Uh, Acura in this latest model has a touchpad and... I forget the actual term for it, but the way it's set up is when you put your finger on the touchpad, it's an actual reflection of what the screen is. So it's rather than a touchpad, for instance, in the Lexus we're going to talk about later, uh, where you kind of have to center a mouse almost, so you slide your finger around to figure out where it's going to point to on the screen. This is the top left corner is the top left corner of the screen. The bottom right corner is the bottom right corner of the screen. And that's how, and that's uh, makes it a little bit easier, but still not perfect. Uh, this week, uh, the AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety, in conjunction with the University of Utah and Dr. David Strayer, came out with a study that really looks at different levels of distraction. And one of the ones they looked at was 
are some of the new applications like Android Auto and Apple CarPlay, which a lot of people have in newer cars, and I think it started in 2014 or 15 is where we really started to see these applications come up. So you plug in your car or you use, or you plug in your phone or you use Bluetooth, and it connects automatically, and it sort of turns your car into your phone, which makes it a little bit easier. But what we found was when the Strayer study was done, five uh, this is study six when it was the first one that was done what we found out was that the android auto and apple carplay was not that good in fact it was probably as dangerous as any system built into a car now what we've found is those systems are actually inherently safer they learn a little bit quicker they cause a little less distraction but they're still distracting it was described as a moderate level of distraction more than talking on the phone certainly more than operating the radio certainly more than listening to i'm dating myself but books on tape which also has a certain level of distraction especially if you're interested in what that story is so if you're one of those people that has a long commute and you listen to a a story while you're driving sometimes you can get very involved in the story and you forget about what you're actually doing which is your primary purpose which is just to drive so uh, that study came out still really comes down to what we want you to do when you're behind the wheel is just drive don't play with your phone don't look at your navigation system other than for directions but don't try to change the directions while you're driving uh, and that's where some cars receive the worst uh, really the worst rating and one of them was a BMW 430 convertible and I'm not sure why the convertible more than anything else and it may have just been the way the layout was inside of it but it actually allowed you to do just about everything while you were driving down the road you could be going 60 miles an hour you could put in navigation the destination so you could put in where you wanted to go so if you wanted to go to um, WROL radio station you could actually put in the directions for WROL radio uh, if you wanted to go to the State House in Boston you could put in the State House directions in Boston and you could do that at 60 miles an hour and at 60 miles an hour you're traveling just about 90 feet a second so that's not that's not the right time to do that. You should do all of those things when the car is parked, when it's safe, and not while you're driving down the road at high speed. So that's why that's why that system uh, was rated poorly. And even the voice part of the system, where you could actually push the button on the steering wheel and tell it to do something, and even when it was uh, hooked up to Apple CarPlay, still it offered too much distraction and that's what we're trying to that's what we're trying to get people to really realize that just because you can do it you shouldn't do it and the technology in cars today is set up in such a way that they're they're piling more and more technology in and it can be dangerous if you have a comment about this 617-770-3030 617-770-3030 and if you're thinking hey i wonder if he's in the studio today or if he's on vacation well i am on vacation but I am, and I'm not in the studio, but I can still talk to you about what you have on your mind about cars and so forth. And we'd love to hear from you and see what you have. The phone number is 617-770-3030. Well, Barrett-Jackson, the auction that just happened, achieved record sales with the help of Dodge. It raised $1.1 million for charity with uh, actor Bill Goldberg. Is he an actor? 
Wasn't he a wrestler? No, he's an actor now. He was he's in, an actor? Uh, yeah, he's been in a few things. Most recently he was in The Flash. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. So so all the wrestlers are becoming actors? Is that what it is? Wrestling is acting. No, it's not. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, and this is from uh, this is from Barrett Jackson. It says, the world's greatest car collection auction delivered another incredible record-breaking uh, automotive celebration during its third annual Northeast auction, uh, which took place last weekend at Mohegan Sun. During the four-day event, 662 vehicles crossed the block with 99.25% selling, uh, and uh, they sold for it. There was almost $25 million worth of sales that took place. Well, 457 pieces of automobilia brought almost another million dollars. Barrett-Jackson also fueled support for charity by raising $1.25 million from the sale of five vehicles, including a historic uh, sale of Dodge, Dodge's last production, 2015 Viper, and a 2018 Challenger SRT Demon. Those two sold as a set. For $1 million in total, Barrett-Jackson set the Northeast auction sales record of um, nearly $27 million in total sales. So that's a ridiculous amount. Um, some of the people that were at the auction were uh, actor and pro wrestler Bill Goldberg, uh, NBA star Ray Allen, NFL players, I don't know, Bakvias Mingo, do you know him? Um, no. No, no <laughs> me either. Uh, uh, comedian Jeff Ross, I've heard of him. And uh, also there, I, I, I know that uh, I know that there was there was a few there was a few people there like our buddy Wayne Carini was up on stage and he was also giving a class about how to find how to find uh, collector cars and I think Richard Rawlings from Gas Monkey Garage was there so there was some sort of Velocity TV celebrities there so there's a lot of stuff going on and also the Gold Rush Rally ran through Boston last year which was uh, which can always be a little bit uh, interesting when you see all these exotic cars. I I did see a lot of Lamborghinis floating around this week, it seems like. But some of the cars that sold for crazy money, a 67 Chevy Nova custom uh, coupe called the Innovator, it sold for 275000 A 67 Shelby uh, Super Snake sold for two hundred and ten. A 2015 Rolls-Royce Ghost sold for 203000 Apparently that was a record for that car. The um, a Dodge Challenger Demon, not a charity car, sold for two hundred thousand. A nineteen seventy Chevelle sold for one hundred and seventy-two thousand. A nineteen seventy Plymouth Roadrunner Superbird, that was the one with the big wing on the back of it and the nose extension on the front, that sold for one hundred and seventy thousand. I remember when those cars were new, people didn't like them because they thought they were sort of ugly and they sold for less than say a regular roadrunner did a 65 chevrolet corvette sold for 170,000 a ferrari 458 170,000 dodge charger 1970 sold for 156,000 and a 1960 corvette sold for 144,000 so a lot of money a lot of money changed hands at the auction and um when i was talking to uh keith jackson one day he said to me, "They have a commitment for quite a few years down there, and uh, and it's done. It's done well. They're very happy. Uh, a piece of um, automobilia, so kind of service station related stuff. A 1950s mobile oil right facing porcelain Pegasus sign sold for twenty five thousand dollars, 
and a hand-built one-third scale 1956 Corvette prototype go-kart sold for $27,600. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to John. Good morning, sir. Morning, John. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, I talked to you a couple weeks ago about um, changing the transmission fluid or draining it in a uh, 2013 Civic. Yep. Um, so when I go ahead and drain that, is all that's going, going to drain uh, is going to be two and a half quarts, or yeah, yeah, it's, to- yeah, it's not. It's not going to be very much. It's not going to be very much because the- because most of the flu- most of the fluid is held inside the torque converter. So because of that, you're only going to get a couple of quarts out. Yeah. And do I need to be on level ground, or can I do it while I'm up on ramps? Um, it depends. Yeah, I mean, you want to try to get as much out as you can. So depending, uh, that has a drain plug uh, on the bottom of the pan, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, yeah, you'll leave an ounce or two in there. Now, why do you want to change it? Uh, the maintenance minder is... Oh, coming on for that? Yep. Yeah. okay. Yeah, and uh, I think, like we discussed, uh, use the Honda fluid. Yeah, yep, yep, already bought it. Yep, so, yeah, you're you're not going to, you, you'll get a surprising little amount when you go to change it. You, there's not, there's not, there's not a lot of fluid, there's not a lot of fluid in there, and I think even with um, sort of a, a total rebuild, I don't know how many quarts of fluid is in there. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a whole heck of a lot, so, um I, yeah, I think you're only going to get, yeah, maybe two and a half quarts of fluid out is probably all you're going to get. So, you know, not not, not too much to think about. Um, like I said, you should, and you should do it well, you know, you, you should do it while the engine's, you know, the fluid's warm. Um, the drain plug, I think, is actually on the side of the transmission. So depending on how you how you jack it up i think you're going to find out that um or you know if you have it up on ramps you yeah you know depending where it is but yeah at um when it's going to take two and a half quarts to change it and it only holds six quarts total so there's not a lot in there there's not a lot in there so that's about all you're going to get it does it does have a dipstick so it makes it a little bit easier to know when you get the level full again so um, and just like just like any just like any transmission fluid change, you know, add like two quarts, start it up, run it through the gears a little bit, shut it you know shut it back off, um, let it sit for a little bit, start it back up, and check the transmission fluid just like you would normally, and then be very very careful not to overfill. Overfilling is overfilling is can be pretty detrimental to a transmission. If you overfill it, the fluid will actually start to foam up inside the transmission, and you can have a problem. So, um, but other than that, it should be pretty straightforward. Is there ever a cause to do a, a flush of a transmission? Um, or is it? Yeah, I mean there there always there always is um, if the fluid is that dirty, uh, but chances are it's not. And what happens is when you do a flush of a transmission normally, you actually flush it in the opposite direction of the way that it um, the way that it normally 
flows. So if it sort of flows through the cooler back out, when you flush the transmission, it goes in the opposite direction, which if there's any dirt and grime in there, the idea that that's, that's how you remove it, um, not every manufacturer thinks it's a good idea to flush flush fluid out because if the if the transmission's in not the greatest shape, sometimes what happens is you can loosen up some of the stuff that's that's some of the varnish that's sort of stuck inside the transmission, and you can you can uh, you know you can cause some problems because some of that varnish will end up working its way through the transmission and get stuck in the valve body assembly. So if it's just a matter of doing this because the maintenance light's on and it's time to do it yeah it should be pretty straightforward again about two and a half quarts um you know just uh again keep the trans keep the transmission uh make sure the transmission fluid is warm doesn't have to be red hot obviously but make sure it's warm so it flows a little bit easier out of the drain and um again careful on the refill just to make sure it's make make sure it's the way it's supposed to be and you should be you should be in pretty good shape and should should I be on the lookout for anything with the discarded fluid? Will it be the same color as the stuff in the bottle, or will it be discolored it's, like it's, motor it's oil? It's going to be a little bit darker color, but because it isn't subject, motor oil gets dark because of the byproducts of combustion. So fuel that gets burned, moisture that gets burned. Uh, transmission fluid only really discolors because it's overheated. Because this is being done strictly for preventative maintenance purposes, uh, what you should get out should look similar to what you're putting back in. It might not be exactly the same, but it should be similar to that. So, um, you know, that should be all there is to it. Once all this is done, then you have to figure out how you need to reset that maintenance reminder light. Which is Yeah, I think that's pretty easy. It asks you if you want to reset it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because some of them, and uh, some of them, for a while, Honda was saying, well, the only way you can actually reset some of their reminders is you have to use their their specific, you know, scan tool that shuts it off. But if there's if this is just that easy, it's probably exactly that. It's probably just a, a simple enough thing to, you know, go through the menu and actually do it. And then so, if there are metal filings or anything in the transmission fluid, that would be a very bad sign, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah, if that's the case, sell the car. <laughs> but uh, but I wouldn't I I wouldn't expect to see anything like that. What I would expect to see is some fluid that you know maybe a shade darker than what you're putting in. Um, you know you drain it again. You're draining it out for preventative maintenance. The maintenance reminder comes up as a combination of time and mileage. So it's just saying, hey, do this before there's any real problems that happen. So other than that, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too concerned about it. I just I just do it as you know no different than an oil change where you don't expect anything bad to happen you know when you change the oil in your car you don't expect to see antifreeze coming out of the coming out of the oil pan and you just expect dirty oil to come out and fresh oil to go back in and i would think the same thing with with the transmission in this how many miles were on it i think about sixty-five thousand. oh yeah yeah I, I would expect i would expect nothing more than a little bit of discolored fluid you put a couple more quarts in and that's going to take in another sixty-five thousand until you do it again all right, fingers crossed. All right, Thanks, good John. luck. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 
617-770-3030, is how you get through and talk to us about your car, your car problems, whatever the case is. There is a company called Icon. I want to get these guys on the show someday. Um, and they do sort of these, they take almost any kind of classic car, so it could be, a, or classic truck usually, and it could be a Jeep Grand Wagoneer, it could be a Toyota FJ, but now they're doing Bronco 2s, and they truly build them sort of, you know, if you were going to go build a, you know, custom order a Rolls Royce, it's kind of the same idea, and they have a, a Bronco 2, which is a smaller Bronco, and it says the... Um, When they were building this, the idea was we had far more retro, explains Jonathan Ward. He's the head of Icon. He said, we actually had some clients who loved their icons but are prepared for the attention they received. Ten years ago, we had to create a different aesthetic when we launched the brand with the uh, BR Bronco and the FJ Land Cruiser. Now we can afford ourselves the luxury of doing something more stock. The foundations on all Icon Broncos is a custom art Morrison chassis. Uh, it's engineered for modern adjustable suspension, 12-inch uh, travel Fox racing coilovers at each side. Uh, in the Marina Bay parking lot, where the home of Salem Radio is, there was an Icon uh, Toyota there. And it, I have to admit, it was a pretty good-looking car and ridiculously expensive. Um, the Broncos are powered by a 426-horsepower Ford 5-liter Coyote crate engine, stainless steel boiler exhaust, um, these are these are really interesting cars. They're uh, they call it a no holds barred new school icon. Uh, Jonathan Ward began studying the uh, Sport Explorer and the Ranger trim levels offered by Ford during the vehicle's '66 to '77 run. Then he cherry picked the best aspects, blended them all together, and then came up with this uh, for durability, noise reduction. Icon preps the tub's interior and underbelly with spray-on heat-treated. Uh, sort of a polyurethane material, then they apply Dynamat sound deadener material added in all the body cavities, and one of the main advantages is the uh, shorter lead times compared to some of the other vehicles, and if you just want to go and like dream about what these cars are all about, uh, their, uh, their website is Icon 4x4, so Icon4x4.com, and you can find out all about them. I'm not sure how much this one is. I didn't look it up. I'll have to do that during one of the commercial breaks. But it is, um, they're ridiculously expensive, but they're ridiculously put together, too. They're, they're, they're some interesting vehicles. The Corvette Club of Connecticut will hold its 26th annual Corvette show uh, Sunday, July 8th at Moroso Performance Products in Guilford, Connecticut. I've always wanted to stop there. I've driven by there a million times uh, on Route 95, and they're just off on the right-hand side, and anybody who knows performance products knows Moroso. One of the largest Corvette-only judge shows in the Northeast, it'll, it'll feature 250 examples of Corvettes in varying vintage and styles, representing all facets of the model's 65-year history. Cars on display will range from an original 1950s-era convertibles and coupes to the, 11th, to the latest 7th-generation high-performance models, including the 650-horsepower supercharged Z06, and the race-bred Grand Sport. The public is invited to come and experience in person this 
quintessential American sports car in its rich history. Uh, the gates open at 9, admissions 5 bucks. children under 12 are free. Vendors will be on site offering Corvette and automotive memorabilia for sale. A variety of food and beverages and other refreshments will be available. Net proceeds from the show are donated to the club's Corvette Adopted Charity, the Connecticut Food Bank. Attendees are also invited to bring a non-perishable food item uh, for donation at the show. And again, it's the 26th annual Corvette show. It's going to take uh, place at Moroso Performance Parts. It's 80 Carter Drive. That's exit 59 off of 95. Five bucks to get in. And uh, you can check it out. 617-770-3030. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, hi. I just heard the phone. Uh, uh, Paul Berger. I, I guess you can send uh, Corvette a uh, a Medicare card. Well, I was waiting to go on today. I just read that uh, today is that was, the, that, was uh, that was pretty that was pretty funny, by the way. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. I didn't. Uh, it. Uh, no, I lost my train of thought. 19, this is the, the anniversary the, uh, uh, the, of the first manufacturer of uh, the Corvette, 1953, mm. according to the uh, the Globe, and we know how accurate they've been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, so I guess the other question is, was I in today's Globe? Yes, you were. Okay. So I kind of want—I kind of want to—you know—you—you—you tipped me off that I wasn't in the Saturday Globe. Somehow I ended up in the Sunday Globe, um, and um, I'm not sure why, other than. I don't know. They forgot. Who knows what happened? I I took advantage of the uh, uh, email of the person uh, that you provided. I didn't even have the courtesy mm-hmm. of response. You know, yeah. I, yeah. I I didn't. I you know. I um. I actually had to email her once this week about. I actually had a uh, Boston dot com uh, carries little bits and pieces of my column from. It goes up during the week and kind of fades away during the week at the same time mm-hmm. and somebody had I'll, I'll talk about it later but somebody had a question and i wasn't 100 percent accurate so i emailed her but there was no conversation about where was my column last week so it's sort mm-hmm. of interesting yeah. but, but anyway. maybe it's beyond her yeah yeah well, could, the, little, the little the little piece says in 1953 the first corvette chevrolet corvette with its innovative fiberglass body was built uh, in a general motors assembly uh, facility in flint michigan so that's i guess a trivia mm-hmm. question for a couple of months down the road when people have forgot the call um so yeah the uh, the other the other thing i want to mention i i did watch uh, a good piece of the barrett jackson mm-hmm. um and anytime there was a car that i might you know generally just be interested in seeing more mm-hmm. um it disappeared there was like a 1953 i think it was a i know it was white buick uh i think um it was a convertible, Buell convertible. It might have been I called a Skylark back then. Mm-hmm. Um, they said this is it, and it disappeared. You know, they they didn't uh, spend any time on it. They they, they seem to um, spend a lot of time only with the high performance cars, and maybe that's the audience they're appealing to. But um, it got a little repetitious, you know. I mean, I always I always wondered whether there was. Some, and I don't want to call it shenanigans, but is there, you know, why is it that some cars spend more time on the block? Is it the auctioneer really can sense that the car is failing and 
it's not going to go anywhere, so that doesn't look good? Or do they really sense that there's a bidding war going on, so they keep it on longer? Or do they look at it and say, you know, there is a reserve on this car. Let's just keep it up there and kind of, you know, talk about it a little bit longer and a little bit longer to try to beat the reserve. I always I always kind of wonder, is there something is there something else that's going on that we don't know about as yeah. viewers of the auction? I had the, I had the same feeling. I mean, I would have, not for purchase, but just to see more of that uh, beautiful, beautifully restored uh, '53 Buick. Mm. Might have been. A, a, I don't know how many holes it had. It could have been three yeah. or four. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, it just you know, I just got tired of seeing the inside of engines and the underneath uh, of cars. I mean, that they spend a little too much time, as far as I'm concerned, you know, showing the uh, the guts of the car uh, and not much on the style. Um, but again, I'm not buying, and I may not be the audience sit there. Yeah. Or, uh, Although I will that, say that that guy who's up on the stage, the 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 dark hair guy who's up on the stage, is yeah, right. in a, is an encyclopedia of cars. I don't know if he's, he's a local guy. He said. Oh, really? It, yeah. I and, think the western part of Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Because he is, you know, unless he has a photographic memory, and they let him know what's coming up you know, a couple weeks ahead of time, and he can really memorize it all. But when he goes and looks at the amount of detail he knows, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it is. I mean, it. Uh, I, it I get more out of watching Wayne Carini. Wayne, Carini? Carini's yeah. um, uh, program. He was restoring, or he went to find a uh, mid-30s boat tail Auburn on, on the last show I, I saw. And that that was really good. I mean, he spent a lot of time looking at the inside and trying to. There's a certain way you have to start the the automobile, mm. and he bought it from. It was in someone's garage. It was in a state, and uh, I guess he restored it. You know that they don't. Maybe it's not the kind of program for uh, Barrett Jackson to do that. But it, yeah, uh, um, it gets a little repetitious for me. And you know, I'm, I'm glad it was on. I watched a lot of it, but um, I wish they would spend a little more time on. You know, uh, something other than high-performance cars, but again, maybe they sell. Yeah, you know, I I wish you know I you know everybody has, you know everybody has a fantasy car, but every, but I think a lot of people also have sort of a, you know, if I had you know twenty thousand dollars that wasn't going to be earmarked for something, you know, or whatever that number is in your head, five thousand, ten thousand, you know, whatever whatever that amount would be. And you mm-hmm. go, let's see what I could buy for $10,000. And it seems to me whenever I look at those cars, they go awful quick. Yeah. You know, where where I just want to look at it and go, you know, if I had an extra $10,000 that I, I didn't have plans for, could I buy that, you know, and whatever it is, you know, 68 Dodge Dart with the, you know, with the V8 in it or, or what? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like maybe they're just such commonplace kind of pedestrian cars that people, that they don't, they don't bring the. They don't get the audience excited. I, I'm. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but um, I. I kind of, as much as I. I guess I love Ferraris and Lamborghinis. I don't really love them because I know I can. I. I'll never ever. If I sold everything I owned, I still couldn't afford to buy one. Yeah. And where would you park the thing anyway? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Because then I'd sell everything I owned. I, I'd have to live in it. Yeah. Well, uh, neighbor. Mine across the way here has a, I think it's a 1970 MG um, convertible, and it apparently he restored it and uh, repainted it into uh, British racing green. The mm-hmm. thing is just beautiful. You know, that's the kind of 
car that I think would be affordable to, to me. Right. <clears throat> but you could only use it in, you know, in the summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're, 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 when I was, uh, I don't know, 18, 19, 20 years old, I had an MGB, and uh, I did try to drive it in the wintertime because it was the only car I owned, and um, because it was, you know, four inches off the ground mm-hmm. in rear-wheel drive, even though I worked at a tire store then, and I bought snow tires for it, which didn't really help it was awful in the snow so uh which is which is i guess why in london when they get snow they basically shut down the city till the snow melts maybe that has something to do with it yeah but even when it rains an mg if it gets wet i mean it doesn't start <laughs> well, i remember well yeah, they so uh, a car that comes from a wet country i never understood that but yeah they're they're um, they're they're interesting because uh, i had i when i got my car i put a brand new top on it and i i remember once the top was installed it's still in the rain in the inside of the car would get wet and i brought it back to the guy who did the top which was a really good which was a really good guy and he said to me it's an mg they kind of leak he said it's got nothing to do with the installation of the top he said look at the way the top fits to the car he said he said you know not the top but he said the frame itself he said these things just don't fit that well he said it's kind of it's kind of understood that he said haven't you ever watched an old english movie he said they're driving around the fall when it's 35 degrees out and the top is down it's he said it's because the top really doesn't do a whole lot of good now who was morris garage i assume that's what mg stands for right? that's right yeah that was that was the original company that started mg and i i don't know my english history but i think morris garage built may have built just about everything English at one point, and then sort of MG became separate, Triumph became separate, and maybe even maybe even Jaguar was in there. Somebody who knows more about English cars than me, or has Wikipedia right in front of them, would know more. So they still make Triumphs, and I'll let you go. You have other calls. Uh, there, there are there. You know what? You know they they're gonna they still claim to be making MGs somewhere. I I think actually if they sort of like what Mini did with the with the Mini Cooper sort of made you know you know reimagined in version that's much more reliable uh, the uh, the if they came out with sort of a retro you know 68 MGB or something they'd probably sell a lot of them I, yeah, I yeah I remember I was when the new Mini came out they had it next to an old Mini and what was sort of interesting the old Mini that I was looking at which was restored by uh, a restoration company for uh, BMW for the company that owns Mini now. Uh, it was a pouring rainy day, and the windshield was leaking. But at the bottom of the windshield, there was a piece of foam. And I asked somebody what that was all about, and they said, "Well, it's really they're they're aware the windshields may leak on these cars, or the cloth sunroof will leak, and the foam is there just to collect the water that runs down the windshield so it doesn't drip on your feet." Uh, this is what about an eighty thousand dollar automobile? Uh well this was this was a restored you know oh, oh, okay. yeah restored Mini Cooper so um so but just the idea that well we can't fix the leak so we'll put a sponge in there to collect the water yeah. I don't you know gotta love it you gotta love it yeah I guess so all right well, take care have Paul a happy fourth great program thank you thank same you. to you bye yeah, bye bye six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven Seven seventy thirty thirty. You're listening to the Car Doctor program on AM nine fifty WROL, the Spirit of Boston, and one hundred point three FM. Why don't we take a quick break? If you would like to join us, phone lines are actually open at six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. We'll be right back. 
Hey, do you have an interest in Volkswagens or dune buggies or or Vanigans or Volkswagen buses, whatever you want to call them? Well, there's going to be a Volkswagen show. They call it the Volks Fair. It's their 19th annual. It's presented by the Bug Club. It's at the Hebert Candy Mansion. That's right on Route 20 in Shrewsbury. It's going to take place Saturday, July 28th from 9 to 2. Um, go for the Volkswagens. Go for the candy. Uh, there's going to be a 50-50 raffle. There's 14 air-cooled VW classes plus some trophies. Uh, if you want more information about it, uh, it is uh, the-bug-club.com. So the-bug-club.com. And if you want to email someone about it, New Hampshire Bug Club at hotmail.com. Uh, spectators are free. Swap space is 10 bucks. Show cars are 15 uh, Check it out at the Hebert Candy Mansion. Go buy some candy while you're there. Their candy is delicious, by the way. So you can check it out. And that's the Volks Fair. That's going to be Saturday, July 28th. And this is where, if you have an interest in dune buggies, if you have an interest in uh, maybe buying an air-cooled Volkswagen, this is where you can learn from other people's mistakes. You can check out the cars. Uh, you can find out, you know, if I'm if I'm looking at a car like this, what should I look at that could be a problem? Is it something that is, you know, where do they rust? Where do they where do they have problems? What should I know about? Um, what engine is, if there's an engine swap, what's the best way to go? What's the one that's the most drivable? What's the one that's the quickest? What's the one that could be the most problematic? Talk to the people that are there. They'll, they're happy to tell you. Same thing if you're looking at, if you're looking at dune buggies while you're there, uh if you're looking at one that's just fun, if you're looking at one that's collectible, you can check them all out, and you can you can learn an awful lot. And you know, Volkswagens Volkswagens are fun little cars, and especially if there's a little bit of work done to them, they become even more fun. Everybody has, I think, of a certain age, has a certain soft spot for Volkswagens because they were in one, they own one at some point in their life, and uh, they just uh, sometimes you re- what you remember is not always reality sometimes at the end at the end of the day but just still check it out and of course july 8th so next sunday at the endicott estate in dedham mass is the bay state antique auto club auto show and there is a lot going on at that show uh it's it's supported by the dedham savings bank it they have their car corral that's there so there's a lot of cars that show up on the day of the show there's also 
uh, breakfast at 6 a.m. if you're up there that early. And, uh, you know, there's an ice cream truck that's there. It's the 48th Annual Antique Auto Show Car Corral and Trading Bee. It's always the second Sunday in July, so Sunday, July 7th. It's at the Endicott Estate in Dedham. It's real easy to get to. Uh, if you're coming from uh, Dedham Square, just follow. There's always signs up. Um, show vehicles, you uh, turn onto E Street, and the grounds in the Endicott Estate will be uh, about half a mile on the left. If you come in from the other direction, you'll find it. And the Endicott Estate, I go there about once a year to, um, to talk to a retired men's club. And every year I go there, the Endicott Estate looks a little bit better, like they're refinishing little parts of it over and over again. So it's it's actually a pretty neat place to walk through and check out. And again, it is um, the only thing they require is show cards must be on the field in class before 10 a.m. to be judged. Uh, also, the trophy presentations at 2. Uh, judging begins at 10.30. Registrations at 7 a.m. Vendor registration is at 6 uh, remember, due to limited on-street parking, we recommend that you use the designated free off-site parking lot located on Rustcraft Road. And for your convenience, Bay State Antique Auto Club is providing a free shuttle bus service to and from the designated off-site parking. Uh, you can check out their website. It's bsaac.com. And it's a good it's a good show. And I know our buddy John from Bay State calls in every once in a while and he says to me, you know, we expect to see you there, and it's vacation week. It's hard for me to get up there, I'll be honest. But I have been a couple times, and it's it's a it's a really good show. And like I, I've said before, uh, somebody I know brought a car up there, put it in the car corral, sold it that day, and it wasn't particularly an exotic car. It was a little bit unusual, and it did it did sell pretty good, and... What's kind of interesting, too, the entertainment is provided by Cruz and Bruce Palmer, and he's a he's a local a local DJ and car guy. I had to try to get a hold of him. Maybe maybe we'll get him on the show next week and talk to him about the show, talk to him about what he's got going on. And uh, one of my coworkers is friends with him, and uh, Bruce's um, claim to fame this year is he put a lift in his garage. So a lot of lift jealousy there. Our phone number is 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Remember, there's always a car show going on at the Museum of Transportation in Brookline. Uh, just about every weekend they have something going on. You can check out their website to see what it, what it is, whether it's British Car Day. They, have a, they actually have a Volkswagen Day. Their big show is the Italian Car Show where they get all the Italian cars there, and uh, that turns into quite the, quite the big deal. This is a little bit interesting from uh, Ford Motor Company. It says, uh, the automaker is adding roughly 360,000 honeybees and six hives to its headquarters in Dearborn, Michigan, part of an initiative meant to support the environment ecosystem. Uh, Ford engineers designed special hive shells to protect, protect the bees from the elements. Beekeepers will gather data about the insects and share them with uh, a collective that tracks bees' health and diseases. Um, sustainability is more than improving fuel economy and reducing weight, according to Kim Patel. She is Ford uh, Group Vice President of Sustainability Environment and Safety Engineering said in a statement, it's about improving the environment we live in for all, and that includes honeybees, pollinators, and the ecosystem that supports them. I don't know, kind of, kind of interesting, I guess. Ford 
as well as many other vehicle manufacturers, have started to use a lot of soy-based products in their vehicles. The problem with so- the problem with soy-based products is, instead of coating wires with plastic that's made out of a petroleum byproduct of some kind, the the wire the wires are made out of soy, and soy appeals to rodents, so mice, chipmunks, all that sort of stuff. So uh, we're seeing more wires being damaged. In fact, Honda also uses soy-based products in their cars, and they actually came out with a metal tape that's embedded with like a red pepper sort of stuff, the, or the same thing that's actually in tear gas, I guess, the the cap, capsian or whatever it's called. And um, so when uh, a mouse bites into it, they don't like it, and they leave your car alone. Uh, but just the idea you have to add this special tape to keep the critters away from your wires that are environmentally friendly uh, just kind of makes me wonder. 617-770-3030, Let's talk to our buddy Rick. Rick, good morning. Hey there. Um, so yeah, can, I I come o- can I come over to your house 4th of July? You making ice cream? No, I'm not making ice cream, but you're more than welcome to show up. <laughs> but I thought, you always made, I thought you always made ice cream on the 4th of July. No, I've only did it once or twice, and then my wife wasn't too happy the way it turned out. Oh, all right. Okay. A little on the salty side. All right. So, um, and that, uh, well, I've been to the Denim Car Show a few times, and it's, it's always fun just to walk around, and there's lots of different vendors selling odds and ends things that are just to look. So, Yeah, no, I went there years ago with a, with a, a friend of mine who I, did, I don't see very often, and he was, at the time, he was restoring bicycles, and he said, he said, I'll, I'll, I'll go with you. And he ended up buy, he ended up finding some uh, little doodads for, you know, 1950s, 60s bicycles, reflectors, and a seat, and a couple other things that just happened to be in the car corral. He, he said, this is great. He said, I found stuff I've been looking for for years, and it was here at the, here at the, uh, the, the Bay State show. So pretty interesting stuff shows up. Yeah, and then you know, on a side note, I have bees in my backyard too, so um, <laughs> I got a couple of hives. But I we're all familiar with what happens, uh, you know, on you know three day, four day weekends, you know, with traffic and that. What's the problems with uh, when they have a a day off in the middle of the week? What happens is it extends it 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 gets a little confusing because uh, you know with the holidays on Wednesday, all of a sudden. Well, we're calling it Terrible Tuesday. We expect traffic to be twice as heavy on Tuesday between 3 and 7 in the afternoon. And we, we AAA, uses a company called Inrix, and they look at traffic studies, and they use a combination of things from tolling to, you know, um, uh, Uber and a bunch of things, and they look at, you know, how traffic fares on the road and they're saying that you can expect to see 1.8 times more traffic on roads like route 128 and route 3 than you do normally and that's going to be tuesday between you know three and seven in the afternoon so what happens with some people some people are taking took in some cases this past friday but definitely saturday sunday monday tuesday wednesday off other people are taking tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday off and still, when you get down to it, the first two weeks in July are very traditional vacation weeks for people. Uh, you know, going back to the old days where factories closed for a week or two the first couple of weeks in July because of maintenance or whatever the case is. And those dates have 
have still kind of held true. I was talking with um, uh, a, an old timer down in Westerly, Rhode Island, and he he's uh, eighty eight years old, I guess. And he was we were talking about this, and he says, "Oh yeah, I remember. You know, even even some." Uh, businesses would close down. He said even some restaurants would close down one of those weeks just to completely pull their kitchens apart, steam clean, you know, scrub everything and put it back together again. And it also gave the help a week off during the middle of summer, which sounds a little counterintuitive, but he said having my help rest a little during the summer to come back for a busy rest of the summer makes a lot of sense. So um, so it's still... it. The middle of the week, what it really does is it extends the traffic, it extends the congestion. Maybe it thins it out a little bit. You know, if it was a fr- if Fourth of July fell on a Friday, everybody would take, you know, maybe Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Where it falls dead set in the middle, it spreads it out, but it turns it into basically a ten day weekend for some people. Uh-huh. Well, I thought that'd, that'd be an interesting question, so I just wanted to pass it on to you. There you go. Thanks, Rick. Have a great Fourth of okay, July. Bye. All right, take care. Bye bye. Six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Well, so I have a question. Yes, sir. Have you heard about the Hyundai Kona? Yes. What do you think of it? Have you seen it? Have you? I have. I have seen it in hybrid trim only, and it's a pretty neat, look, you know, compact SUV. In fact, the electric version of it which promises to be really good the new england motor press association we actually gave it an award as uh, as our favorite green vehicle even though it barely exists uh one of the problems they're having is they're having trouble uh getting batteries um the the battery production right now because you you think about there's not that many electric cars but still there's a problem with it but right now the hyundai kona you know first year um like i said i've driven the hybrid version it's pretty good it's yeah. pretty good. I haven't driven it for long, so I haven't had I haven't had a good long road test in it. But I I kind of took it around the block, and I was at when I bought my Hyundai. I was talking to the Hyundai dealer, and they've had good reviews from their customers so far too. Yeah, I was just looking at it because, as you know, Libby's always looking for a an SUV, and mm-hmm. the price point on this thing is fabulous. It's less yeah. than twenty five thousand. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a pretty good it's a pretty good looking car with a lot of safety features in it, mm-hmm. and again, you can get a lot of stuff. You posted something on your Facebook page about um, about being harassed by the IRS. You know, one of those oh, yeah, 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 yeah. and you know that's one of those things that uh, people do actually fall for. And and I think I commented like you know send them five thousand dollars worth of iTunes cards and they'll stop calling you. Um, you have to be, you know, people do actually, you know, after a while think, you know, some of that stuff is is real. And I was talking to, uh, I was uh, giving a talk at a at the Central Central Mass um, Consumer Council. So the people that up in Framingham who handle uh, Metro West, I guess is what it technically is, uh, Consumer Council. And I said to um, the woman who runs it, I said, what, what, what do you hear about this? And she says, we actually hear a lot about this. She said, people do get taken advantage of. And then I happened to be at um, a doctor's appointment. I was talking to my doctor about it, and his father is from India, and they own a dry cleaning company. And he said he got the same phone call, and he said being an immigrant, he thought it was real, and he ended up sending them $5,000, and um but but 
uh, it's gotten to the point now where uh, the Apple Store, for instance, will limit how many iTunes, iTunes cards you can buy because they're seeing, especially older folks coming in, saying, "Oh, I need to, I need, um, you know, twenty five hundred dollars worth of iTunes cards." And they're like, and at first they were just selling them to them and didn't think anything of it. Now they're saying, uh, "We can't. We can only sell you like a hundred dollars at a time because we've seen too many problems happen." So people need to be aware of these scams, and you know. The IRS or anything else, no one's ever going to tell you to go and buy a bunch of Amazon cards or iTunes cards. For, right. And yeah. I, I, the reason I posted it the way I did, I wanted it to be a little humorous. But yep. I, I honestly I honestly mess with them and keep them on the line so that they don't go and harass somebody else. I That's literally right. put the phone down and say, oh, i got to get something to write with or yep. I have to get this, I have to get that. Keep them on the line and wait until they get tired of me. And one time I had a guy on for nearly an hour. It was it was pathetic but and also on a on a personal note you're right people do fall for it especially the elderly my grandmother um just before she passed away she almost fell for a scam um and thankfully the were, te- were you were you in a foreign prison no my what brother that one? my brother oh. was oh okay yes yep and um so he so she went to um uh, Walgreens or something to that effect, uh, Rite Aid. Yep. And um, she was getting ready to buy a whole bunch of stuff, and the cashier was like, wait a second, does this sound right to you? And then so she left there, and she went to the bank, and the bank teller did the same thing and was like, um, mm. no, this doesn't sound right. And the bank teller um, ended up calling my mom or something like that. It was yep. it was, it was was scary. but Yeah, no, no. A, a woman I work with, her aunt, who's probably in her late 80s, same thing. It was uh, her grandson was supposedly, you know, something. And the amount of detail you can find out about people online, you know, if once you find their name and then you find their address, and then maybe you go to Google and find a picture of their house, and then all of a sudden you see that you have a white suv parked in the driveway and you say well we know that you drive a white suv and you get lucky that you know the picture is current enough where that may actually be in fact the case and you and all of a sudden the person goes how could they possibly know that much about them they must know that you know this is really true and i better send them something so yeah a little public service announcement you know if it if it and even to the point where a phone number might come up you know boston police department well, it's not. They can. They can. Yeah, they can uh, change. They they, this, they can change their caller ID to make it read whatever right. they want it to read. So absolutely, you have to be careful. So again, and that's uh, and that's where uh, that's where you know as much as social media sometimes is a whole bunch of nonsense. You know what you posted there. You know, being trying to be a little bit funny about it is a good a good way for people to go. You know. And they do sound, you know, I, I come home and my answering machine, you know, the, the there's a message flashing and, you know, there's, there's all that kind of nonsense on there. You know, and, and like I do what you do, and you, the way you said that, you keep them on the phone. I've done the same thing with people to the point where um, I, get, I get downright creepy. I invite them over. <laughs> you yeah. know, the last, the last one started insulting my alleged sister. So, oh, okay. Yeah, which I don't no, have I, a sister. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I, I, I say things like I live by myself and I don't have a lot of friends. Would you want to come over? That usually <laughs> that usually stops them. <laughs> you know, they, I figure they know where I live. Might, might as well stop by. Might as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so 
A public service announcement. Watch out for that sort of nonsense. So what do you think about autonomous vehicles? Uh, a study by a leading energy security think tank says that the economic benefits of autonomous vehicles will far outweigh predicted drawbacks such as job displacement rather than dis- uh, de- delaying the benefits policymakers could ensure that the interests of people who may lose their jobs are well protected through effective mitigation programs. The authors of Securing America's Future Energy said... The reports uh, forecast annual benefits autonomous vehicle deployment reaching nearly $800 billion by 2050, uh, broken down as following. Here's what they say. The, the world will save $71 billion on congestion. Um, accident reduction, the economic impact will go down $118 billion. Quality of life will go up $385 billion. How do they figure this stuff out? Reduced oil consumption, $58 billion. Value of time to the consumer will go up $158 billion. And reduced taxi service costs will go up $10 billion. Total of $796 billion will be saved with autonomous vehicles. I don't know. I you know If somebody asked me the same question, I guess I could make up numbers like that too because you know could they be true uh, i don't know uh, will autonomous vehicles allow for roads to be less crowded because cars aren't going to run into each other maybe if all vehicles are autonomous they're not they probably never will be so who knows 617-770-3030 617-770-3030 you're listening to the car doctor program on am 950 wrol the spirit of boston 100.3 fm uh, give us a call, and if you have a question about your car, you want to talk about automotive stuff or anything, like Bob is going to. Bob, good morning. Hi, jo- hi, John Paul. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good, John Paul. I got I got a problem with my Mustang, and I was hoping to get some information. I it was overheating on the way home. It's an 05. so I I pulled over. It stopped overheating. It came back to about halfway. By the time I got home, it was pretty much overheating. I put some water uh, antifreeze in. That seemed to bring the temperature back down. But what happened is uh, as I'm pulling in the garage to to look at maybe the water pumps going, uh, I see a leak coming down. I noticed some oil on the back of the, dripping out of the back of the engine. Hmm. I I follow the oil up to the top, and it's coming out of the, Underneath the the uh, intake manifold. Okay. Uh, any any ideas where that's coming from? Before well, I start really tearing it apart. Uh, it's running. Yeah. I can start the car. It will run. Uh, I did I'm, have. I'm going to do a compression test today myself to to try to isolate. But oil on top of a motor, I'm really puzzled. Yeah, I you know the the oil has the oil has me concerned, and you know the first the first thing that jumps to my and how much is it like a a stream of oil? Is it a spray of oil or is it a drip of oil? It was uh, it was a steady drip. Let's put it that way. Yeah, um, you know the first thing I look for is there an oil sender unit in there or you know some sort of sender that you know could be leaking my underneath underneath that would be underneath the intake yeah Yeah. i mean they they bury a lot of stuff under there so that would be one thing but i'm also concerned i'm also concerned about you know the overheating and, and what what caused that 
Yes, um, and and you know I, I'm thinking it was the water pump as a you know I'm looking okay the water pump's gone but now I'm thinking maybe maybe the head uh, the uh, one of the head gaskets there's two heads on it. Yeah, is this the four, bag, is, this right a, is, is this the four six? Yeah, it's just yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking, well, you know, the water, maybe the water's coming from a gasket because I, what, walked the head? Or? Um, yeah, you would have to really, that would have to get really hot for it to leak externally like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking, you know, similar to you, that maybe it, you did have a water pump leak or, or something. Water pump leak started the overheating. Yeah, and, and then... You know, then, John Paul, initially, because the the Mustang seemed to have a problem with their gauges, and I had problem with my gas gauge. I had called you on that before, uh, giving me phantom readings. Uh, I figured, okay, now it's this gauge giving me a phantom reading, but uh, unfortunately it wasn't. It, it wasn't, yeah. It was, it was actually telling you the truth. Yeah, I, and then... By the time I go home, there's oh, there's a there's a, a puddle of oil starting on the on the bottom coming off mm. the uh, back of the block. Yeah, like, well, that, yeah, that, that ain't that, good. No, no, you're you're right, and you know, I, again, I think I would. Um, how is it running? Is it running okay? It's, it it ran, as I'm going up the hill. I noticed it, I, I had a compression change. Oh, okay. Because well, I know it was overheating, I started backing off, yeah. and I'm I'm accelerating up the hill, and I know I definitely noticed a compression change. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I I think you're right. At this point, let's start with some basics. Let's start with a compression test and and see okay. what's going and see what's going on. Uh, but okay. I also would spend a lot of time with you know a flashlight and a mirror and try to see yeah. you know trace down what you can trace down to see what's there. Um, well, I'm going to take as soon as I get done the the compression test. I'm going to pull the the uh, intake off. Intake, yeah. I mean, that's going to then I'll see yeah, hopefully a, a little more that I can't see now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be it's going to be nasty no matter how you, how you look it's at it. Killing, so, John, John Paul yeah. is killing me. I, the not knowing is is winding me up. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, I I I would be I would be exactly the same way, and I would. Uh, I, I I guess I guess I would just want to take a breath, you know, you know, yeah. calm, you know, calm down a little bit because yeah. I I've been known to I've been known on my own stuff to go into this a little too a little too fast yes. sometimes. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah, but kind of look at it and say, okay, let's let's look carefully and let's not overlook the obvious and uh, now, what's I have the likelihood now because the motor is running is the motor gone? Um, no, because I mean, you can you can literally you can, you can literally you know t- you know take a piston out of the engine; it's still going to run. So yeah, um, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so you think I'm I'm hoping it's up top a gasket with yeah. a head gas. I can live with a he- I can live with a new head. I can live with a head gasket. Yeah, yeah, I and I can't live with a trash motor. Yeah, and probably probably not. Uh, you may find you may find that when you do the compression test, you're going to get yeah. you know whatever you know 140, 140, and then all of a sudden you get two cylinders at a thirty. Well, you know yeah. that if that's the case, you know there, there's there's a head gasket problem. So a head gasket yeah, problem. Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's about all you can do. Let me know how you make out. Excellent. Thank, John, all right. well, thanks for your help. I, all, right. I, I, all right. I was ready all right. to talk to you. All right. Good, good luck Have with it. Have a good it. weekend. All yeah. right. You as well. Take all care. Right. See you. Thanks. 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. Let's take another call. Good morning. You're on the Car Doctor program. 
Hello. Hi, good morning, John. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, sir. I hope you're getting your whammo slip and slide ready for the 4th. I am, actually. Boy, that, that, when, when do you think the lawyer said that thing was too dangerous to have? <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Yeah, well, yeah, some of those toys that they had, you know, the jots and other things. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I actually, I actually know where there's a set of jarts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you know, who, who just, thought that was a good idea to take giant, pointy metal things and play like horseshoes with them who thought that was a good yes idea? yeah, yeah if, if you're on the other side waiting for them to come so anyway yeah. uh I, I was calling for a couple of things first of all you know you, you mentioned that uh barrett jackson this morning that dockhead gentleman for whatever it's worth when i was watching sometimes i notice he has no cards in his hands so sometimes i'm thinking he's referring to notes that he has but you know like you said he does his homework and he knows his stuff and he is yeah. really pretty or, 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 else, or else he has an earpiece in, and somebody's in the background going, yeah, they made those in 1961 to 62. You know, I don't know. I don't know, but he, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's, he, it's, it, and it's, when, you know, you oh, gee, I didn't realize that. Or you'll point out something, you know, go, oh, interesting, you know, especially if you're interested in the vehicle. A um, couple of other things, if I may. Um, coincidentally, Rick called earlier, but I was thinking about his call last week about the gentleman that, when he was taking a left-hand turn, had in the truck or whatever it was, it oh, passed yeah. him on the left and, and saluted him as he went by. Yeah. Would a dash would a dash cam come into play there to to do anything in terms of you know documenting this or would there yeah any- yeah uh, without a doubt because I mean I I talk to police officers a lot. We talk about you know what someone can do you know by writing down a phone number. It still comes down to a lot of um, I mean a license plate number. It still comes down to a lot of he said she said sort of thing. Uh, but okay. you know like the cops will tell me that yeah you know if you see something happen and you give us the plate number we run the plate and we go to their house. Sometimes what happens is they just spill their guts and go yeah yeah you know I'm sorry I was uh, I was being a jerk that day and you know, and it, that really actually helps in a lot of cases. So, but yeah, if you had a dash cam that actually caught some of that and with a little bit more detail, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's still, you know, that's that's one that's one way to verify it. Um, you know, and the other thing is there's there's so many video cameras now that do just like traffic mitigation you look up at streetlights now and you know a lot of streetlights have cameras hanging off them well they have cameras hanging off them to sort of monitor they're not there for enforcement but they can still look at some of those cameras and go oh yeah we saw that happen and you know the good thing is rick didn't get hurt uh but the idea that somebody would you know like rick kind of joked about it the guy had a really good arm that he could toss a water bottle i guess you know over his head around the corner and you know, throw it in Rick's window, but you know, think think yeah. what could have happened. That could have turned truly disastrous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, was, I was kind of thinking about that whole thing and thinking, geez, maybe there might have been something that could have maybe helped yeah. in there. Yeah. And his. Um, yeah. The real reason I was calling is um, Subaru supposedly, or maybe you've heard, is going to be using the Toyota hybrid system in one of their. Yeah, there's yeah yeah Toyota and Toyota and Subaru are going to be sharing some technology. You know, Subaru had the hybrid um, had a hybrid in their Crosstrek, um, and the um, and it wasn't great. It was uh, it was a hybrid, 
but it didn't really okay. bump the mileage that much. It didn't do much with it. And Toyota, I remember when Toyota first came out with the Prius, they were Toyota was pretty open about we'll share we'll share as much technology as we can. Um, you know, we'll we'll license it to anybody. In fact, when Nissan came out with the Altima hybrid, um, it was really a it was really all of the Prius stuff kind of underneath. So even though it used the Nissan engine, the rest of it was uh, pretty much a Prius. So Toyota, it, it didn't surprise me to read that headline. Uh, typically, if they're sharing, would this be the actual hybrid system that Toyota uses, or would they you know, modify it so that it's not quite as good as Toyota's, or is that typically well, if they're sharing, it's the same thing? Um, I mean, it's going to be... It's gonna be a Subaru engine connected to um, the probably a and, and Subaru now has gone to co- continually variable transmissions. So the hybrid drive system is going to be sort of a, a, a sort of a transmission system like they use now a planetary a, a kind of advanced planetary system. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if they use that. They use the battery technology. They use the they use the motors, the electric motors, but still the gasoline part is still, you know, the Subaru flat four. So, that, you know, it, it, yeah. So the other thing that I was kind of amazed at a couple of years ago, I was looking at a uh, Toyota RAV hybrid, not the latest one, but a previous generation one. I looked under the hood and there was a Tesla battery pack. Really? So there is a lot of sh- there is a lot of sharing that goes on. Going on in that area. Yeah. Funny, John. You just mentioned planetary transmission. I think my father talked about that in the Model T. Is that the same kind of thing you're talking about? Uh, well, the the Model T transmission was a series of belts and things, but uh, I suppose in some, you know, everything everything new, everything old is new again. So I guess I guess so. I I I have I have been for a ride in a Model T. I have never driven a Model T. That's you know some someday I want to do that just for the fun of it. Just for the heck of it, yeah, sure. Yeah. All right, Jim. Thank you. I All right, appreciate. take care, Mike. Show, and I want to wish you and your family a happy fourth. Thank you, Tommy. Same, same to you. All right, take care. Bye bye. I think we have another Mike on the line. Why don't we get to Mike and then we'll take a break? Mike, is that you? Hey, good morning, car doctor. How are you? Very good, thank you. Happy Fourth of July. Happy almost Fourth of July to you as well. Thank you. Is it July? Is it July? Is it July yet? I want to. I want to. Uh, I want to lose track of the dates. Is it July yet? No, it's not. Not, yet. not July yet, but it's close enough that people are already using fireworks. Yeah, I've noticed that. <laughs> so if I'm so are all my dogs. Uh, yeah, that's what. That's what. Uh, you know, that's uh, every once in a while I'm sitting someplace and I'm I'm watching fireworks go off all over the place and I go, you know, they are illegal, right? <laughs> It, it sounds like Da Nang and the Tet Offense around. <laughs> well, well, it's funny. Down in Rhode Island, where I work, a couple of years ago, they passed a uh, they passed an ordinance which said basically you could have sparklers. That's kind of what the law said. Right. But apparently, someone read it a little bit differently and said, "No, no, you can actually sell fireworks as long as they don't leave the ground." Well, the law was written that said they they couldn't take off. Which meant to whoever the legislate, legislator was, you know, something like a sparkler type of thing, and not like a a bottle rocket or a, or a, a you know Roman candle or something like that. Literally, they passed a law on the last day of the legislative session, which was I'm making up the date, you know, June 18th. I swear, stores opened up at one o'clock in the morning on June 19th all over Rhode Island. I 
I, I believe it. I mean, you drive through Texas, it looks like a, it looks like an armory going. Yeah, through it. no, uh, I, I was up, I was up in, I was up in New Hampshire, um, uh, right on the border of Salisbury and Seabrook, I guess. Fireworks stores everywhere. And all the signs go in there, you know, all the signs go in there, say Massachusetts resident is prohibited, you know, they're illegal. And the only cars I saw in the fireworks stores had mass plates on them. Mass plates on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, quick, quick question. Walk, talk me off the edge here. I just bought a, uh, a leftover 2017 car. From a very rep- reputable dealer. Yep. And I was out last night walking around. It has 6,000 miles on it. And I, I was looking at the wheels of it. Uh, it has BBS wheels on it. And I noticed the lug nuts, like two lug nuts on each wheel next to each other, are showing corrosion on them. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm. And, yeah, my thought is that the only thing I can think of is, does this thing sit in the water for a while? I mean, all four of them are showing it, and they're next to each other. And the car came out of the Cape, down the Cape. It was down in Chatham, mm-hmm. uh, the last owner that had the car. Is that something worth going talking to the dealer about, or what, what What? do you suggest? I mean, I guess you could go talk to the dealer about it, and chances are all the dealer's going to do is take the wheels off, clean it, put it back together, and say, have a nice day. Um, the other thing, I wonder if at some point, Maybe this thing had wheel locks on it, and it does have wheel locks on it. It does. It, does. Oh, it still okay. does. It still, it still does. does. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I was thinking it had wheel did. locks on it, and somebody took them off, and the 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 factory lug nuts were you know sitting someplace where it was damp. Um, but it's actual corrosion, like rusty Rust. white stuff. Yeah. Huh. Rust, uh, definitely rust. And yeah. Is it worth putting it on a lift and taking a look underneath? I I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be a bad idea to crawl under it and just look but uh you said it's a 2017 with six or seven thousand miles on it yeah that's it yeah yeah uh, it comes from her it came from herb chambers i mean it's yeah. a reputable dealer yeah you know? yeah you just get uh, worried about water and cars you know yeah um i mean what's really going to tell you the story is a day like today if you have it parked outside in the sun and you look at it and you go is that condensation building up on the inside of the windows you know, that's going to tell you if the car ever got wet. Okay, that's a good yeah. point. That's a, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. That's not so, happening. Definitely not yeah. happening. Yeah, I mean, you know, could it, you know, who who knows? I guess I would want to clean it just to look. But, yeah, it wouldn't. I, I guess it wouldn't hurt to bend down and look under there and see what's going on. But well, What would uh, you use, a, a brass brush on it, a brass brush or some, some Yeah, some yeah, yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, I I would I would start with like a good like a kind of polishing compound sort of stuff and clean it yeah. up clean it up the best you can and and what kind of car is this? Uh, it's a Lexus sixty. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason there's no reason to think that uh, you know uh, I I would I would look at it at this point and go huh, scratch your head, clean it off, and not worry about it. Yeah, and, and by the way, I bought it. One of the reasons I bought it was our old argument about V6s. Yeah, the new ones, the V6 turbocharged. You know, I just you know you know where I'm standing, but it's got to be a V8 the way I look at it. I'm just I'm I, I'm a very against bolt-on power, more parts, more this, and I know it's more powerful. But I think you and I are both waiting to see long term how these V6s with turbos hold up. Yeah, I mean, and you know, they, and I don't have the expression right, but there's no substitute for cubic inches, and uh, and you know, that's one of the things that made American cars great 
in the you know in the sixties and seventies was you know they had they had big v eights that never worked hard, which is why they lasted so long um you know and and still the same thing and you know the argument from the engineers will tell you you know it takes about fifteen horsepower to go sixty to maintain sixty miles an hour in our, out in the highway, and any engine can do that without any problems and how often do you really drive with your foot to the floor not very often so but you're right at some point bolting on systems that give you more horsepower it, you know it you know will these engines last you know, 250 or 300,000 miles, time will tell. Yeah, time will yeah. tell. Hey, yeah. I, re- I read your article today. I just want to make mention one thing. I'm looking at the globe right now. It says, in 1953, the first Corvette, with the innovative fiberglass body was built in General Motors that today. So today yeah. must be the birthday for the Corvette. Must, must the be. Day. Must be. Must be. Happy 4th. All I'll right, same later, to you. Okay? Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Why don't we take another break, pay some bills. I think we have another break coming up. I could probably use a break too and i know dennis can probably use a break from me so why don't we take a break my name is john paul this is the car doctor program we have a little bit of time left if you want to join us 617-770-3030 My pappy said, son, you're going to drive me to drinking if you don't stop driving that hot rod Lincoln. Have you heard the story of the hot rod race with the Fords and the Lincolns was setting the pace? That story is true. I'm here to say that I was driving that Model A. It's got a Lincoln motor and it's really souped up. That Model A body makes it look like a pup. It's got eight cylinders. And welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston, or 100.3 FM if you're listening over there. Um, Dennis is doing a good job picking music today. These are all winners. It's not me. Like I said, I just pressed the button. Press the button. Well... Somebody's somebody's putting some interesting music in. Does Jeff still work for us? Um, last I heard, yes, but yeah. I haven't heard in a while. So yeah, but he he was he was pulling some he was pulling some music out of places I never heard of before. So and he's kind of a car guy, so could explain it. Um, I talked about I I, I touched on a little bit that I uh, in Boston in Boston dot com I wrote an article. Well, I wrote a one of the questions they used had to do with a reader who had had a, a reader who had a Ford F one fifty and it had um, idle stop in it where you come to a stop and it shuts the engine off and the guy hated it and said, "Is there a way to disable it?" Uh, the dealer tells me you can't shut it off. Well, interestingly, the head of Ford Trucks, the head PR guy for Ford Trucks, I guess, said to me that there is a way to shut it off. There's a button right in the middle of the the infotainment system right at the top that shuts it off. And I guess what the person who owned the truck meant to say was you couldn't permanently disable the auto shutoff feature. Uh, you had to reset it each and every time you went to go use it. And my hack around this was that if the truck had a trailer towing package, you could go get a trailer towing test light kit. So it looks like a trailer plug that plugs into the the five pin or 
four pin or six pin connector where you would plug in a trailer wiring harness and what it does is has a couple little LED bulbs in it so you can test to see whether the turn signals and brake lights work without having it hooked up to the trailer well you can buy one of these things online for about eight bucks you plug it in and now the truck's computer thinks that you're towing a trailer and it never shuts the engine off at an idle uh, one of my coworkers also has a new Ford truck, and he has the auto shut off. He hates it for the same reason that every time you go to use the truck, and every time you shut it off and restart it, it goes into the auto shut off mode. He drove it for a week and let it shut off and start and shut off and start, and then he drove it for a week where he consciously went in and shut the shut it off every single time he started it, and he saw in his normal commute so his normal drive to work drive home bring his kids to sports drive to work drive home bring his kids to sports he saw no change in fuel economy it's like this thing is stupid it doesn't do anything why why isn't there a way to permanently shut it off another reader who saw the same article said um you can actually there is a there is a method that may or may not be authorized by Ford, not authorized by Ford. And you can actually pull the switch out, pull the pull the um, instrument cluster out, pull the switch out, and you kind of jumper two wires together and the system the system thinks it's always shut off and it always uh, it'll always shut off. So there's a couple of ways around it, but I thought that there was no way to shut it off. Like some General Motors cars, the Chevy Cruze, we have cruises for our driving school cars. There's no way to shut off these systems so uh, just one of those things so right or wrong i might have been half right and half wrong i guess is how it works so i heard that our buddy johnny costello is in the studio today taking paul paul i think was i don't know he might have paul might have been heading down to dc to hang out with his kids uh fourth of july fourth of july in the nation's capital could probably be a pretty fun place to be Johnny, is that you? Negative, uh, car doctor. He's no? actually out in Arizona. Arizona. Oh, yeah, family, my family paradise vacation. on earth. Yes, he's out on vacation with his darling wife. So, uh, he somebody needs to be here. And, and you know what, uh, car doctor? I've got my feet up because Dennis's music has been so spot on that I'm just going to take the shift off. Dennis is going to hang out. Yeah, no. there, you, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so uh, this is nice. Show today. <laughs> if we really were Facebook Live, my feet are up, my shoes are off, and uh, I'm sipping an iced coffee because Dennis is just going to take over the Irish yeah. hit parade. Yeah, I, I can see. I can see that happening but the other thing is i can't see you actually sitting with your feet up in the station oh, no, he is is he really is no, he really yeah no, seriously truly i, I really do so because you're 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 a pretty high energy guy hey car doctor let me ask you something john when the gentleman called about the head gasket could that not have been something stemming from the catalytic converter no oh all right. See, I just tried. <laughs> See, that's the, that's the bit of uh, a lack of knowledge. You want to hear some good news? Sure. This past week, I went to the RMV to put a new a car on the road, and I was in and out in 23 minutes. Well, there's there's two things there. Good story about the RMV and in and out in 23 minutes. And you got rid of the car that you that was like the Flintstone car? Well, the yeah, the, the Flintstone floor? car is gone. But you know what? I took I went back even further. I went 10 more years back. I just put a 1997 Toyota Camry on the road with only 144,000 miles on her. There you go. That, thing, that thing's got 100,000 miles left in it. And uh, that... You know those those were those were actually those were actually really solid cars. Um, 
yeah, those those that should that should treat you pretty well. I I, think. I just took it for an inspection, Johnny, and uh, she passed with flying colors. And the young man turned to me and said, "I tried my hardest to find something on this little little old lady, and she passed with there flying colors." There you go. There you go. He so, was uh, trying to break her, and you know what? He couldn't. She is. She's a beast. She's so cute. Her paint job's a little, you know, obviously she's a little yeah, weather beaten. Yeah. But so what? You know what? So isn't the postman. So. Yeah, they, 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 there you go. So there we're a match made in heaven, the two of us. There you go. So uh, uh, the the piano man means that I got to go, but what do you got going on with the Irish Hit Parade? Today? Yeah, you know what? It's been a long time. Because you know, B3, Bobby Brooks has been doing this filler gig for over a year now. And uh, so I have not stepped into, this, into these shoes. So yeah. what I'm going to really rely on is the callers request because you know if if they don't call me then the inner raw and the rebel music will be played and i think well, there'll be a lot of uh people pretty upset with me i well i don't think anybody could be upset with you because to use one of your terms you are brilliant on the radio oh stop that john paul you are brilliant well i'll tell you what i told dennis this your live remote sounds crystal clear perfect awesome well you know, it's it's uh, it's it's ten o'clock. It's time for me to go, and maybe it's time for a bloody. Are Mary. you trying to get me to shush my face? No, no. I think it's time for a bloody Mary. All right, fine. Get going. Cheers right. right. to you, John. All right, take care. All right, until uh, next week. Make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, be good to your car. Thank you, Dennis, for doing a great job in the studio, and uh, be careful on the Fourth of July. Have a great time, and we'll talk to you all next week. Bye bye. <laughs>